Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel, the Book of Luke. The Book of Luke is actually a letter addressed to one Theophilus who most often is understood to have been a Roman official, and apparently was also a young believer whom Luke now sought to establish in the faith. It seems that Luke wanted to move this believer into the realm of disciple. The word instructed in Luke 1.4 translates as catechumen, or someone who is being taught the basics of Christianity, quote-unquote. Luke begins his letter by sharing the good news in a world that both then and now had very little of anything that could be referred to as good news. He goes on to give us several different reactions to that news, very similar to reactions one would receive today. Ironically, Luke never met Jesus, or at least we have no record of it. His information was gleaned rather from eyewitnesses, while the other three gospel accounts were from the points of view of one participant. Luke, on the other hand, gathered all the other participants together and wrote his account from their points of view. Therefore, Luke's version is unique, to say the least. While each gospel has its own flavor and style, there is no real conflict in the record of events between them, and they ultimately served as supporting evidence for one another. Luke's gospel, however, was the only one with a sequel. That is the book of Acts. Running nearly seamlessly between the two of them, Luke gives us the widest picture of Christ, as well as the establishment of the early church. At the time of Jesus' birth, God had been quiet for 400 years. Not since Malachi signed off had God spoken in such a profound way. But it was certainly the silence before the storm because suddenly the skies opened and God came to earth in human form. Our rescuer had arrived. Beginning in chapter 1. Since many have undertaken to set in order a narrative concerning those matters which have been fulfilled among us, even as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word delivered them to us, It seemed good to me also, having traced the course of all things accurately from the first, to write to you in order, most excellent Theophilus, that you might know the certainty concerning the things in which you were instructed. Luke acknowledges that his account is not the only one written. But it seems God has chosen to anoint and preserve the words that were ultimately from him, including Luke's, still here after 2,000 years. His research for this work apparently took him to the kitchen tables of all those who were there from the beginning, the eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered. King James' version says that Luke had acquired a, quote, perfect understanding of all things, end quote. Those concerning our Lord from the very first. His intent, you see, was to record a complete and orderly account of the events concerning the birth, 
the life, the ministry, and the ascension of Jesus Christ, as well as the rise of the early fellowship of believers. His record also is that this Theophilus, and ultimately us, may know for certain not just what we believe, but also why we believe it. Verse 5 says, There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the priestly division of Abijah. He had a wife of the daughters of Aaron, and his name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were well advanced in years. Now while he executed the priest's office before God in order of his division, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to enter into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. The whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zacharias, because your request has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to prepare a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias said to the angel, How can I be sure of this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stand in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Behold, you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day that these things will happen, because you didn't believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. The people who were waiting for Zacharias, and they marveled that he delayed in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. He continued making signs to them and remained mute. When the days of his service were fulfilled, he departed to his house. After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus has the Lord done to me in the days in which he looked at me to take away my reproach among them. Now Luke's gospel herein, his account does not begin where the others do. No, he goes back even further, before Mary in the manger, way back even before the birth of John. John the Baptist, it seems, was born into a priestly family, both parents descending from priests. Thus it was natural and seemingly God-ordained, which John would now fulfill. He would speak for God a prophet to, quote, usher in the coming of Christ, end quote. John's parents were righteous before God. This seems to be the criteria God seeks in order to use an individual. The text tells us that Elizabeth was old, too old to be having children. Yet Elizabeth would indeed become pregnant with this New Testament prophet. She was not the first scriptural beneficiary of this God-given miracle. No, there was Sarah, Rebekah, 
Manoah's wife, and Hannah. They all experienced this miracle even before Elizabeth. Today, we who are believers know that we can choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. With John, however, God chose him. From his birth, he would be filled with the Holy Spirit, chosen by God for this unique and special mission, which he ultimately fulfilled, to usher in the coming of the Redeemer, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. John would come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He would be the far fulfillment of the calling and the ministry of the prophet Elijah, who had lived many years before John arrived. Elijah would be the early herald, while John would be the later and the full fulfillment. Verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, an angel said to her, Rejoice, you highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered what kind of salutation this might be. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Joseph, our Lord's earthly stepfather, was from the lineage of King David. Thus, he fulfilled the prophecy that David's kingly lineage would continue. Mary, she was betrothed to this Joseph, and such an arrangement, betrothal that is, was much like an engagement, however, more culturally binding. The angel Gabriel, apparently the angel who gets all the good jobs, came to Mary to bring her this good, albeit rather mysterious, news. Please notice that the angel does not fall to his knees to worship Mary or to uh, pray to her. The term full of grace, in its original language, it means she received grace, not that she is the source of grace. She was, however, greatly favored, not because she was some sort of pseudo-deity, but because she had lived righteously before God. But she was, however, all human. And such was evidenced by her fearful reaction to the presence of the angel that was before her. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.